You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. That's right. If I remembered to change the music, you all just heard the Star Trek theme. And that means that we are talking Star Trek. And guess what? It's for the next two weeks on screening in Kingston. It's a really crazy Star Trek special. We're talking about the original series. And of course, to help me do that is not Taylor. It's Tyler Vance back again. Welcome back, Tyler. Thank you very much for having me. My sincerest apologies to the audiences of Screening in Kingston for what's about to happen to you. Don't apologize. They love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what it, it would be like they would love if Taylor was here. Not that they don't love you, but just because Taylor doesn't know or like Star Trek um, and having her talk about it would be fun. Sometime we'll, we'll have to get her on an episode as well. Just just for that, the wonderful like difference that there is between you and I versus the much more sane Taylor. Well, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. And it, it, that might go along with my idea of next time I uh, force you to give up a couple hours of your week and talk Star Trek with me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of thinking, OK, like, what else can we do Star Trek wise? Because I'm always thinking like that. And I thought because you're not as familiar with some of the other series that it mm-hmm. might be kind of fun to just review pilots of Deep Space uh-huh. Nine, Voyager and Enterprise. Oh, I love that. And it might be fun to get Taylor to do it, too. So on a, on a kind of low week where we don't have much going on, maybe we'd all watch the pilot of Deep Space Nine and the three of us would talk about it and yeah. see what, you know, you, me, massive Star Trek fan who's seen everything, you, massive Star Trek fan who aren't as familiar with some of the later shows, and Taylor doesn't like Star Trek and see kind of what everyone thinks. We have the whole spectrum present. Exactly, exactly. And I think that would be great. Um, but as as... I said, we're talking about the original series, which is really like your bread and butter, right? Like this is this is your Star Trek. Yeah, this is the one that I was raised on. This is the one that kind of took me through the majority of my adolescent years. It wasn't until I was really a teenager that I started to branch out into other things. And so really, when I'm thinking about what Star Trek is, it's really the original series for me is kind of the touchstone. That's what Star Trek is. And everything else is kind of built upon it. Yeah, and I think that you kind of when talking about the next generation that we've done. We've done a couple episodes Star Trek related where we brought up the next generation, talked a lot about that. That was kind of the thing you came across later mm-hmm. and you like them both, but an original series is like, this is this was your show. This is what you grew up on. This was your Star Trek. And for me, it was kind of the, the opposite of you exactly. The next generation was my Star Trek. And then later I kind of got into the original series. Um, and I also love it. I, you know, I, this rewatch, I was telling you before we started recording, Tyler, that this rewatch was actually really delightful for me. I watched yeah. all three seasons Ooh. to prepare for this because I really wanted to like, there were episodes I knew I, I didn't know much about and I wanted mm-hmm. to like give them a fair crack at getting on my list. Um, because I, I, watching it, I really realized that season two is my, like of, of the original series, I know most of those episodes. Yeah, and you that's know. really like the best season in my yeah. opinion. It's kind of like great. the, it's like, <laughs> how like like tng it's like really like as seasons three to six are like the best yeah Yeah, it's like it's the kind of like two is really where they hit their stride 
one, they were still trying to figure it out. And three, you can kind of tell that they were starting to run out of steam. Yeah. And they knew they probably knew at that point that they were in some trouble. Yeah, Um, because I will because the other thing that I was looking at when I was going back and watching was even by the end of season one, there are some episodes that really got good. Like there's a few Mm -hmm. I'm talking about today that I'm kind of making a case for ultimate Star Trek episodes that I don't think would have been on my list had I not done this rewatch. Yeah. Like I, we're talking, we're each going to talk about five episodes today, which has been kind of our standard. We each pick five episodes. We talk about like 10 per, per episode of screening in Kingston. And I could have had five picked and ready to go. It's just doing this rewatch. Some I didn't remember, or I hadn't seen in a long time. And I have a new appreciation for, so I'm glad I did the rewatch. It was a, it was delightful. I, th- I think I there's, this this series felt more special for some reason watching it again. I think it was just thinking like this is where the next generation came from. It's like seeing a, a, a gen- like like it says generations. It's like seeing a generation before. This was their Star Trek, and this was the next generation Star Trek, and this was the next generation Star Trek, and now our generation Star Trek is terrible. And I think that makes a lot of sense to where we are as a society. Like just yeah. generation sucks. And their Star Trek is garbage. Um, and we're not going to get into it because it makes me bad. But I thought I would give you, Tyler, some st- new Star Trek facts. Okay. Some facts. Some not so fun. I'm calling them not so fun STD facts for Star okay. Trek Discovery. I call Star Trek Discovery STD. Right. Because you call the original series, you either call it original series or OTS. Right. Yep. It's right. TNG, Next Generation. Right. Yep. DS9. Right. Even Voyager, people call it like VOY, like that's kind of like it's short form. So Star Trek Discovery is STD. Um, So anyway, so some STD facts. Um, So season three of Discovery was last year, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, A total of 6,000 people watched season three. Not one one episode. The entire season had 6,000 views on it, according to Paramount Plus and CBC All Access. Oh, that's not good at all. And they're getting a season four because... I don't know. I guess you can't cancel anything. 6,000 right. people, Tyler. Um, more people listen to a bunch of YouTube. Ch- I was on a YouTube thing before, like a scientist was talking. Like over 450,000 people viewed that. And it was like some scientist just talking about like garbage. Like it was nothing. Oh, this is very sad thinking <clears throat> of like, this, is this how this dies? Like that's the sad thing to think. Like eventually um, everything has to come to an end, but you hope that it ends on its own terms <laughs> and not with this kind of like sad whimper. <laughs> well, you think they would realize that they just, they screwed up. It's bad and no yep. one likes it and no one's watching your show. Um, next next thing, this is about Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, Paramount Plus sub- did, a, did a subscriber survey. Yep. And of the survey, only 1% of the people who responded to the survey were actually interested in a Picard season two. And yet we're going to get it anyway. <laughs> yeah, 1%, Tyler. 1%. That's crazy to think about, especially because like there can't be that many subscribers to Paramount+. Plus. Like, I, yeah, I'd imagine no. It's a small fraction of an already small fraction of the population relative to how many people were watching like TNG in its heyday. Now... There's one hope we have out there, hmm. okay? So I don't know if, because you didn't watch any Star Trek Discovery, but Cap- Captain Pike appears in season two. Right, yeah. And the actor who played him did a very good job. And yeah. I have to say that that was the bright spot of all of STD hmm. is is the guy who played Christopher Pike. I can't remember the actor's name offhand, but he was very, very good. He is is filming a new series that is supposed to be Christopher Pike's missions on the Enterprise with a younger Uh-oh. Spock. And with whatever. So he sent out a tweet 
just a couple days ago, this just happened, that said, I just finished wrapping the final episode of, they're calling it um, Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Hmm. Um, and he said, old Star Trek fans, you're going to be very happy with what we've done here. And oh, I, I guess we'll like, have to see about that. We'll have to see about that. That's all I was thinking was, I like you, and I don't know if I'm going to not like you now. Like, because I really liked his performance. I thought he was the only bright spot in that entire series. And I thought, okay, I'll give him a chance. But now tweeting that, it's like, okay, now I have expectations, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you better you, deliver. Uh, you <laughs> because... really set the, you set the bar now. And I'm, I'm going to jump over it and see if we can Because I'm going to, because that's the thing, Tyler. This is the way Star Trek fans are. People out there are like, why don't you just, like, not watch it? No, we're going to watch it. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're going to watch it. Yeah. Well, I watched Lower Decks. I was like, I watched the yes, whole did, darn yeah. thing. <laughs> you watched all of it? I watched the pilot and couldn't do it. But okay. I watched the whole thing. And like, and even as I watched it, it's like every episode, my wife would be like, so did you like it? I'm like, uh, like, it was funny. There was parts of it that were good. It's like, but then why did they have to? Who's the? Uh, I don't know. The, one of the best parts in the whole series is that some like random ensign is afraid he's going to die and he's like freaking out and he says oh no i'm just gonna be this person on a grainy video log that someone will find years later and try to figure out what happened to me <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that's a good star okay, trek that's joke good. That's that is a good star trek joke yeah so between you and i then we've seen all of new star trek because i haven't yes. seen lord dex you haven't seen discovery okay well except for season three of discovery but no one's watching that no, so it's it only matter. six thousand people have seen that it's yeah, a very elite in the whole group. world <laughs> so it doesn't matter um anyway that's that's our new star trek talk we're not here to talk about that we're talking about the original series thank um, goodness I, I could be more excited um we're going to introduce the concept for how we do this in a second but we do have one fan question to get to because he always writes in even for star trek episodes we've got josh the inquisitor uh has wrote it wrote in a question for us i haven't read this yet so I don't know if this is going to be crazy or what. Um, so for both of us, he wants to know if you had to remove one Star Trek character from the Star Trek universe, who would it be and why? P.S. Star Wars rules. Okay, Josh, thank you. Well, you can like both Star Wars and Star Trek. I don't know where this came from. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I would say that I really like both. Um, Me too. And both of them kind of have the same problem where their recent renditions have, uh, have, have been had a weird batting average. Um, and by weird, <laughs> yeah, I mean bad. <laughs> bad, yeah. Yeah, I, I will say, though, at least some of new Star Wars I, I can tolerate. Like, yeah. I, thought, I thought the first two movies had their moments. Yeah, I actually ones. really liked The Last Jedi. And Me too. Force Awakens was also good. The Mandalorian yeah, is, is decent. Is yes, I agree. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, new Star Wars has some good to it. Yeah. You just have to, you know, they have to rein it in a bit. Like, what can we, what's the best thing we can say about new Star Trek? It was nice to see Patrick Stewart again. That was nice. Like, was that it? Like, is that the, really all we have? Uh, it was nice to see Hugh again. <laughs> That's true. That's right. <laughs> For briefly, we got to see Hugh. That's true. Yeah. Um, and once again, I laughed at that joke in Lower Decks. So. <laughs> and you laughed at the one joke in Lower Decks. Oh, and, and the new Christopher Pike is very good. Yeah, yeah. There we but go. There's some, there's some bright that. points. That, you know, not a great batting average. Um, <laughs> no, not but, good. But they swing. Heaven help them, they swing. <laughs> so one character. If you had to eliminate one character from Star Trek canon out of the universe, who would that character? Oh, it's like, so I'm... I'm going to like not cheat and I'm going to take a like a main character because there's always like random side characters. I'm like, you did not do what you needed Anything. to do with yeah, your you screen did time. Not exist. Yeah. Um, so if I was going to get rid of one like main series character, it would probably be Neelix from Voyager. 
I'm surprised to hear you say that. Really? Neelix? Yeah. <laughs> what did he ever do to you? <laughs> he, did, he never did anything to me, but also like every time he was on screen, I was just kind of like, I feel like there's a better use of this space um, by any of the other characters. <laughs> what a thing to say. <laughs> You're basically saying Neelix is a waste of space. <laughs> exactly. Even even like the people who are like have like almost no personality, like like um, what's it? Ensign Kim is like who like. Yeah, like, Kim had no person. Like that that was just I don't know what he was doing, but even when he was on screen, I'm like, cool. And he likes to show up and like, oh yes, you're in the show, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's interesting pick. See, that's the thing. It's hard. I don't I just like Voyager so much mm, that I yeah. don't really want to take away from that crew. Like as much as as much as like I mean, all Star Trek has its ups and down moments. I mean, we yep. like we've talked about that many many times we we both of us i think are realistic we realize it's not perfect but there was something about the makeup of that crew and that concept of being lost in the galaxy that i just like really loved um so i i don't know that's just hard it's hard to take someone out of voyager um you know this is an interesting question because the probably one of my picks would actually be on on a show like tyler you haven't seen right Um, because i think I think like Enterprise had a lot of missed potential mm, yeah. um, and had a lot of things you could have done better. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to I'm not, not going to pick that because then I there's no way you could have a reaction to it because you right. wouldn't know until maybe we watch the pilot. If I, we like, do I don't know. I've got some pretty good acting chops. I could I could pretend to be really. <laughs> it's true. You could pretend you could be shocked. Um, but I I think for me the biggest mistake made and this is this is a main character but it's half a cheek because they were only in one season um was in deep space nine bringing a new dax in so uh, to yes. see a dax uh being killed because the actress wanted to leave the show um mm-hmm. and then they brought in another one and like the the actor was pretty good like nicole yep. DeBoer, like she was great like i remember her being in this like show i watched on ytv about kids in space or something i don't even know what it is was that but, space cases no um something up Deepwater Black. That's what oh, it was called. They yeah, like okay. woke up. They were like in a chamber. They all woke up and they didn't know why they woke up early. And then these like teens had to run this ship. Late Night was YTV was a really weird place. Super weird, but <laughs> very good. And yeah. I thought she did a good job. It's just they didn't, they could only rehash stuff that mm-hmm. they had already done with the Dax character. And I just think they should have just not had Dax come back. If you want to introduce a new character, introduce a new character it could even be her you could bring that actor on board to do something different right. i just think that they wasted an opportunity to do something unique and different and they just kind of were like well we gotta we gotta have a new dax come back which yeah. didn't make sense i, I don't think. like i think for me that it's like the greatest part of that character is like the fact that Worf had to interact with this mm-hmm. person who was mm-hmm. effectively his wife but not his wife like has those memories yes. has that sort of and so i think those moments are worth more than anything Neelix did in the entirety of Voyager. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Though, I, my argument to you, if we were going to debate this on a debate-style yeah. show, yeah, a little tease of something maybe oh. coming soon for Screening in Kingston, I would counterpoint that with they already did that storyline on Deep Space Nine. In our episode where we talked about social issues, I brought up that they did an episode where uh, two Trill had new hosts and they were married in the past and had this kind of issue. And right. they already kind of tackled that and did a cool episode on that. So I think you could have, you. they already had done so much with Dax that yes, it did give Worf a new element. It did give him something, but also him dealing with the death of Jetsia, I think was enough. 
mm-hmm. to do to do some within that season. But anyway, I, I get the point you're making. I, I just like Neelix. I don't know. I just <laughs> uh, maybe this will be a debate one time, Tyler. I don't know how yeah. closely you've been paying attention to our show, but we want to do a debate show. Maybe we need a Star Trek debate one episode. We don't know. I, yeah, I'd be down. It's like, yeah. and it's like I just so you know, I listen to every episode. Okay, I just, great. I just listened to the most recent one today, actually. Perfect. Good. So you're you're well versed in our want and desire, specifically me, to have a big debate show. I love debating movies. Like right now, this is fun. I'd yeah. love to keep going toe and toe, Neelix versus Esri Dax, who, yeah. who should be erased. Um, but anyway, that that was our fan question. Um, we do want to give a, a quick shout out to Colt who helped us a little bit with this episode. And I know someone else, I think Derek emailed with interest in this episode. I just want to make sure other fans get, you know, notoriety of like, we, we listened to what your notes were and that's how we created this episode. Um, we didn't just run off on our own. So yeah. thank you to everybody. Um, so we're doing things a little different for the original series. Instead of just doing our five favorite episodes, we thought it would be interesting. And I think, again, as I said, Colt contributed to this. And I think Derek as well. And Tyler, you did. And I did. Um, we basically came up with categories that we felt reflected the original series. Things that you could find multiple episodes to fit into these categories. And it would be fun to talk about. And then we picked only, we somehow only picked five of those categories. Even though I think we came up with like eight, nine, yeah, ten. There's I a think lot. we had ten of them, yeah. Ten of them. Okay, so we, we narrowed it down from ten to five. So this episode is not eight hours long. Um, And uh, we're going to each introduce a category and we're going to each pick one episode that best represents that category. I'm excited. This is going to be good. And uh, how we're going to do this is is we'll introduce the category. Tyler, you're going to give a little description of what we mean. So for non-Star Trek fans, we know you're still listening because you love us. Um, You'll still get a sense of what the heck we're talking about. And then both Tyler and I will give you our episode in that category. Yeah, this is going to be good. It's like um, all of the categories were really interesting. It was hard to pick five, but the other five still exist. So who knows? Maybe someday way down the line, they will reemerge. I I don't see why not. I'm, uh, you know, so long as you're down, I'm always down to do another five categories one day. Yeah, we can you have know? a mirror version of this episode. Yes, we should. Yes, that's what we'll do. We'll we'll have evil goatees and we'll have a mirror version of the episode. I love that. We'll, we'll do that. Uh, that would be a lot of fun, actually. We'll just flip. You'll host. Oh, I'll yeah. be the guest. <laughs> and then we'll <laughs> we'll dive into the five more episodes of Star Trek. This is becoming uh, more stressful. <laughs> I know. Every, every, every time. I know. Every, t- every time you also people listening are like, oh, they're doing another Star Trek episode. And, and then it's like, and then there's more. And then there's more, like you can't escape Star Trek episodes. Well, it's just, just like Star happen. Trek itself. They're just going to keep on making it until someday we just take the whole thing and ram it right into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, well, they're doing a good job of that right now. They're getting um, there. And no one would notice if it went to the ocean because only 6,000 people are watching. I'm sure those 6,000 people would be very upset. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, I've seen it. I've seen on Twitter. There are huge super fans of and, and people who, who defend Discovery. Um, and I don't get it, but anyway, we're not going to talk about it anymore. The original series is what we're going to talk about. So let's dive into categories. Tyler, you're the guest. You pick which of the five categories you want to talk about first. Well, I think it's only fair that we really start with the best of Spock is not human. Um, so Spock is a beloved character, probably the beloved character of Star Trek, the original series. And so we're looking at the best episode where Spock's Vulcan side plays a key part. Um, there are many episodes to choose from this. I'm excited to see which one you cho- as I chose. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first or shall I? 
uh, you go right ahead. You dive right into it. Now, I do want to give a shout out. I do believe this was Colt's suggestion. I believe this so, This did yes. come from Colt. So thank you, Colt, for picking Spock, not human, what you're going for. But you you go for it. Go ahead. Give us, give us your episode. So there's a lot of episodes that kind of deal specifically with Spock as like a Vulcan. And like there are actually set ones that are like where the entirety of the main plot focuses around that. But I kind of wanted to find one where it's just like casually mentioned every so often or something is like... Because in every Star Trek series, there's always the kind of like punching bag character who seems to just like everything bad happens to them. (laughs) And for a good while, it was Spock. And then it became Chekhov. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, poor Chekhov. I noticed that as the series goes on. It's like, wow, Chekhov really gets tossed around. Chekhov is just thrown all over the place. And I don't know if it's just because Walter Koning had like a really like, like empathetic face or if it's someone in the writer's room really hated the character. But he as like before that, it was Spock. And it was Spock because he was a Vulcan and he could like take all this abuse that everybody else would have died from. And then they could say like, oh, but it's okay because Spock has his heart in a different place or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And it would cause a different problem. So I'm going to go with uh, the episode called The Apple, which is from season ah. two, episode five. Um, this was a one that I used to watch all the time as a kid. Watching it again, I'm not sure if it's the best Star Trek episode ever, but man, did they go out of their way with the set design on this. The, the whole plot takes place. They land on this planet that seems to be like a garden of Eden. It's beautiful. Everything's great. But then immediately things start going wrong and red shirts are dying left, right and center as like, and there's this big thing called Vol who's like, has these humans that are like feeding it. And it turns out to be a computer that is also mm-hmm. trying to pull the enterprise is like out of, out of orbit. It's just like, there's so many hats being worn by this episode and somehow it looks fabulous in all of those hats. <laughs> um, and one of the thing that happens, I think at least twice, maybe three times, something bad happens to Spock that would have killed any of the other characters, <laughs> but it doesn't kill him because, you know, it's fine. So he like gets he gets shot by this poisonous plant that immediately killed a human before. Um, and, you know, he's just he's just kind of fine. He's all right. He's like, and then he also gets hit by this like force field. It's like and nope, once again, he's all right. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting because because it, I believe speaking of of Chekhov, this mm-hmm. is because Chekhov kind of gets from watching this. You don't see much of him or even any of him until the second season. Yeah, he's not in season one. Okay, he that's was, what I thought. He was I, added I in as like Chekhov. kind of like the Robin character to be like, we need something to bring the kids in. We yeah, need like a young younger, character, younger I mean, guy. Gene Roddenberry's yeah. like fine, but he's got to be Russian. <laughs> he's got, must be a Russian man because like he has kind of a nice moment um, too because he's on the away team and he kind of has that nice like romance moment mm-hmm. um as well and it I, I always liked especially in seasons one and two where you kind of got little moments for these yeah. other characters which i liked and the apple so back when i was when i was a kid we had star trek taped on several vhs tapes yep and when i say star trek i mean every series so mm-hmm. some of them were 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 well organized but others weren't but i remember specifically the original series the apple was sandwiched in between two of my favorite episodes as a kid mm. mirror mirror and whatever comes after the apple like they were in order in for this particular tape doomsday right. machine i think and oh, yeah. the apple was like sandwiched in between of it so i always remember of this like this episode that was oh that i thought was okay as a kid but it's just kind of like okay get through it i gotta <laughs> get the doomsday get to machine the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah so i remember this one i remember fondly as well and i also had a video game that was based on this episode 
Um, oh, really? They to, yeah, they go to this planet. It was for the original Nintendo. I remember it very fondly because I remember the 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 people specifically <laughs> and how they looked in this video game. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a video game of this particular episode. They they go to this. Planet. Well, I feel like another thing that this episode has that I I've in this rewatch I really really loved. Like so, a lot of these rewatches I did actually when I was working in the lab quite late. And I'd be working and I realized that how Spock does science is not the way I do science. He <laughs> thinks about things and then he does them and it works. And that's just not the way that I have found science to work. Really, how I've found science to work works more similarly to how Scotty does engineering. <laughs> There's someone yelling at you that you have to do it quickly. Yeah. You throw yourself into uncomfortable scenarios and are mumbling to yourself as you try to fix it. It doesn't work like four or five times. And at the last second it works and you like, kind of carry on. And so I loved in this episode that also while we're having all this stuff down at the planet, we also have Scotty up in the enterprise trying to like fix all this. And at one point is like, Kirk says, if you don't fix this, you're fired. And then he can't <laughs> fix it. And so he's like, fires him and then he comes up with a new plan and the, the scotty you're rehired <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, that, i remember that moment specifically yeah um it's interesting how i mean there's there's kind of two things that you brought up there um one's a question for you but i'll talk about scotty first so scotty is interesting because he's often the one who's left on the enterprise yeah in charge but also has to fix things but he's yep. also like in charge and sometimes like sulu's there but but like usually it's scotty like Kirk and, Kirk and Spock will always go down to the planet. Uh, Star Trek changed that later where the captain would never go on away missions. But back then, he always went on away missions. So Scotty's always given a lot to do yep. and a lot of authority, but is yelled at more than anybody else on, on the crew. Like, it's just, <laughs> no one has any patience for Scotty, but he has to do the most without a doubt. Yeah, which is why he gets uh, the title of the Miracle Worker. Because yeah, he, he managed worker. to save them more times than almost anybody else. <laughs> now, your, so your comments here then about Spock, is it just from the fact that he just does things and survives and it's just clear because like he's a Vulcan, he's able to do this, he's able to do that? Like, is that there wasn't any other specific moments within the episode that made you go, oh yeah, this has got to be the one for well, Spock? For me, I was look, I was trying to find examples of episodes where this type of thing happened, where he was being his physiological differences were being used in order to provide like a kind of dramatic moment where you thought he was going to die and then he didn't. And it, it happens in quite a few episodes. Sure does. <laughs> There's one where he kind of turns blind, but then ends up that Vulcans have an extra eyelid that no one talked about. Well, don't don't give away that. Don't talk about that one too much. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> um, but there's there's like and then. The other one I was going to bring up was um, the Private Little War, which I had brought yeah. up actually in a previous like yes. episode, and so I decided not to go with that one um, and to go with this one instead, because I feel like this one, especially because as a kid and as an adult, I live for the moments in Star Trek when Spock refers to Captain Kirk as Jim instead Jim. of Captain. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like there is there's just something very emotionally resonant about that, about the moment where protocol breaks and he, all he can do is say the is like say the word. And so I love it that in this case when he almost dies it's because he's pushing the captain out of the way from this like plant that's going to possibly kill him. It's like and it's is like and there's this great exchange with between them afterwards when he's finally revived and you have to Kirk's basically like, you know, I can get out of the way. You don't have to push me out of the way. And he's like, and I just feel like 
it's it's a nice moment that kind of showcases his humanity while as like while also showcasing the fact that he's not human otherwise he'd be dead right now <laughs> yeah yeah very true yeah no it's very it's a good episode and yeah you brought up a couple that i i also eliminated off my list yeah because you you had talked about private little wars um and there's there's a lot like this was the category i think i had the most for yep is different spock kind of not being human moments but that's good i like the apples a good one um my pick it, uh, you've already uh, given away the ending of the episode. <laughs> it's Operation Annihilate, yep. season one, episode 30. Um, I have to say, this was not going to be the one I was going to talk about. Mm. This wasn't going to be it. This wasn't like I, I made a list first and this wasn't going to be it. And then when I did the rewatch of the series, I said, I have to talk about this episode. Yeah. And I, I hadn't remembered enjoying it as much as I did this time around. Um, so, I mean, this one has a has a pretty simple plot. They go to a planet that they've lost some contact with Kirk's brother um, and, and wife and, and nephew are all on this planet. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've got, you, you go down and they're investigating what has happened. They arrive and people or humans are yelling at them and screaming at them and they're telling them to run and get out of here, but they're also trying to hit them and hurt them. And they don't know why. And the enterprise crew basically has this mystery to discover. Um, and what you discover is that there's these strange, very fake-looking aliens that they comment. Someone says, oh, they don't even look real, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> They're very fake-looking just putties, like just balls of putty that can fly around and attach themselves to, to people and yep. kind of take over and control them and cause them pain if they don't do what they want. Um, and where Spock comes into play is Spock gets hit by one of them, but because of Vulcan physiology, he's able to kind of fight it off for a certain period of time um, and sort of keep away this thing that's taking over. But as you've said, uh, one of the ways that Dr. McCoy figures out how to deal with this is sort of like this light and and strobe light and, and he goes Spock goes blind for like a few seconds and then turns out no he's not blind because he's Vulcan um, and I thought it was a very good example of him his him being Vulcan and him not being human was not only central to the plot like it kind of solved the whole mystery yeah. it helped them figure out how to defeat these putty looking aliens and what to kind of do about it but I also when I was watching it, I also thought it kind of fit just to talk about as an episode of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's everything I want out of an episode of Star Trek, even from, from the 60s and it, the overdramatic kind of weirdness of it. Just because I think it was also because some one of the characters say they don't even look real. Like they're <laughs> they're trying to give you Star Trek is very good at giving you explanations for things that don't make sense or practical yep. reasons why things had to be cut. They try to give you a reason <laughs> to say, no, 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 they, they, they do look fake even to them. Um, yeah. And I thought this was a very good, we're going to a planet. There's a distress call. We don't know what's wrong. We don't know what's happening. We're going to go investigate it. We need to figure out what's wrong. And they have a really good discussion between McCoy, Spock, and Kirk about what to do. Mm -hmm. Where Kirk is basically like, listen, we're not abandoned. Like, I'm not going to let my nephew die. Who's, who's, you know, unfortunately, Kirk's brother is killed. Yeah. Um, and basically, his nephew is all he has left. And he's like, I'm not going to let him die. And I'm also not going to let these, you know, people, these aliens escape the planet. So, mm -hmm. you know, Bones is basically saying, like, we have to basically leave everyone here and abandon it. Um, and he's saying, well, there's another alternative and we have to find it. And I yeah. think that's so Star Trek to me. 
yep. is we're going to do the right thing. It isn't going to be this this whole, you know, we're not going to worry about sacrificing someone. We're not going to just abandon this. We're not going to isolate them. We're going to figure out a problem to this solution because that's what we have to do. Um, and I thought it was a very good episode for, for that reason as well. Yeah, I, this was one of my favorites when I was younger. Um, when I was younger, those putty things scared the daylights out of me. I thought they were so creepy looking. I mean, and they, they are. And, and now I look at it, I'm kind of like, okay. So, yeah, it's that's just, definitely they, plastic when they on fly a lot around. of strings. Yeah, when it flies around, that's a little, like when they're just When they're attached, stuck to the walls. Yeah, they're creepy. Yeah, and they're like pulsating yes. and kind of like breathing. Like that is creepy. And then when they start dying near the end and they're all like kind of falling from the mm -hmm. like ceiling, it's like they still look pretty creepy. But yeah, the, the sequence the where around. someone where you can almost like I can feel the extra on the other side with yeah, the, like yeah. swinging the rope around to be like, hey, OK, and we're going to hit Leonard and go <laughs> <laughs> like you can't see anything because it is also digitally remastered. And I think they did a really good job with the digital remastered of making it like keeping it with what it would have been in the 60s. Yeah, like still making it look campy. It yeah, but, is but like, cleaning but, it up uh, a bit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like giving them the actual shots that they would have wanted to have, um, mm -hmm. but then still like making it so that it doesn't look like 2009 Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, and that's what I kind of noticed that I liked a lot about rewatching this is the digital remastered and all the kind of, especially all the outside shots, the space shots. It's yeah. clear it was redone. It's clear this is what not what it looked like. But exactly what you said, this is what they wanted it to look like back yeah. then. And so it kind of has this nice nostalgic feeling to it. Um, but yeah, I, I chose this episode for just the pure delight of Spock solving the problem because he's he's a Vulcan. McCoy having to deal with Spock's stubbornness yep. um, and him and Sp always just being on him for being, you know, a heartless Vulcan um, and just just the, the solving of the problem, which to me is very Star Trek. We're yeah. going to go here, we're going to solve the problem. And I was most sort of surprised to see a lot of that on my rewatch. I mean, I know it was part of it, but Kirk to me was always the action, action. And sometimes right. his actions cause problems. Mm -hmm. This is like one of the few episodes where I feel like Kirk shows how good of a commander he is, where he's just, he, he basically is, is like, stop. Everyone stop and think. Yep. Like we're not, we're not abandoning people. We're not letting people die, and we're not going to allow these aliens to escape. There's a third alternative out there. Like, yeah. So let's figure it out. Like, I must say, I always say that I like Picard better than Kirk, which is true. I do. And I do think that he's a better commander. But there is something to be said about Picard never had to deal with McCoy. No, no he didn't. <laughs> no, and it's just, it's a completely different dynamic in this setup. It's a lot more, like, aggressive and adversarial in a lot of times. And while that sometimes leads to problems, I do think that the the main crux of the show comes from this, like, trifecta of the three characters and the conflict between them and then finding a resolution that, if not makes all of them happy, then is at least something they can all live with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I thought, yeah, I thought the end of the episode had a really nice, nice tag end to it of like, oh, Vulcans have another set of uh, eyes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, oh, yeah, our sun is so crazy. We have extra everything. I'm not blind anymore. It just and just never okay. shows up again. <laughs> never, no, just <laughs> we'll pass over that and he's not blind now. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a fun campy ending. But yeah, yeah, that was my choice. Operation Annihilate right at the end of season one. Um, I thought it was a very, very good episode that to me kicked off like it really it ended the first season and the end of season one into season two. A ton of great episodes that we're going to talk about. But uh, yeah, that was 
that was my pick for that. Yeah, great choice. Um, so I guess it's my turn to pick a to pick a thing here. Yeah. Um, and um, I think for for now that now that we're doing this again, we like screening Kingston. We change on the fly. <laughs> uh, when whenever one of us introduces a category, the other person will go first. So yeah. I don't have to talk twice in a row. Um, so so I'll introduce. I'll pick a category, and you can go first. Um, you know, I think um, I think I want to hear this one because this. I think this was a you pick, and I and I want to hear your pick for this because I'm very interested. The best of McCoy being cranky. That's our that's our next category here. Do you want to explain to everyone what what we mean by this? Of course. So uh, Doctor Leonard McCoy, otherwise known as Bones, is the ship uh, the ship surgeon, and. Um, he has a tendency to respond, shall we say, emotionally, um, sometimes very emotionally. And so we're looking here for the best episode where McCoy just gets real crabby. And um, there's a lot to choose from here. Um, and I went around for a long time and I, like, I literally found a list of all of the I'm a doctor, not a blank. And then tried <laughs> to find like which episodes those were in to see the, yeah. the best is like the best one of those, like the absolute best one is actually one of the my least favorite episodes of Star Trek, but it's I'm a doctor, not an escalator. <laughs> I don't even remember that one. <laughs> it's, it is it was it's when they have like this princess who refuses to be touched by any man, but she's okay with being touched oh, by a doctor. Right. And so then he's like trying to like take her up this hill and she won't let Spock or, or, or Kirk help. And so at one point he just screams, I'm a doctor, not an escalator. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But that's not the episode I'm choosing. The episode I'm choosing is actually season two, episode 18, the immunity syndrome. Mm. Um, so this, once again, was another one of my favorites as a kid. It actually falls into what will also be one of my favorites in terms of when we get to niche episodes, yeah. like, but we'll wait for that. Um, <laughs> So the immunity syndrome is like another one of these mysteries in space episodes where the Enterprise comes across a black void in space. And at the center of it is this large, pretty much single celled organism. And by single cell, it is a single cell, but it is like hundreds of kilometers wide. And um, this thing is apparently has some sort of energy sucking ability that slowly drains energy from anything that comes close to it. And so the episode is basically about the Enterprise trying to figure out how to kill this thing before it divides and then continues to spread out across the galaxy. Um, it's a great episode for many different reasons. It's like one of those boiler cooker episodes where like everybody's kind of getting a little bit delirious and yeah. it's like and cr cranky. And so you can get some uh, like emotional outbursts. It's another great episode that showcases the difference between McCoy and Spock, but at the same time, also their similarities, their like attention to duty and science and their willingness for self-sacrifice. And it has one of the best McCoy-Spock interactions ever, which is when Spock has gone out on a shuttlecraft, which McCoy wanted to go on, and he potentially might die. And then they're trying to save him at the end. Spock is basically saying, don't save me, you're putting this ship in danger. And McCoy screams shut up spock we're rescuing you and then does this like nod this like very emphatic nod and then spock responds why thank you captain mccoy <laughs> <laughs> it is the best interaction back and forth between the two <laughs> they have some of the best like snipe back and forth like there was I, I don't remember if it was an episode i picked or not but there was a great moment where kirk he has a couple of these where he's finally like enough gentlemen like he just cuts <laughs> in and is just like 
stop it. Like we, you, I've let you go on enough. I have nothing else to, to, to let you say here. Yeah, the two of them. I think that like that. It was so smart of the writers to give you a you know fighting against his emotions, but for lack of a better word, emotionless kind of being who's mm-hmm. hiding the emotions, and someone like a doctor who's very emotional. Yeah, um, like you would just if you were to do a character breakdown of McCoy, he leads with his heart. Oh yeah, like he's he's very much about emotions. He leads from there, and so of course those two butt heads. Yeah. Um, even though they're both men of science, they have a lot of similarities. Um, you know, it's it's where great friendships can sometimes form is when two people are completely different from each other. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's definitely a good pick, and and I think. I think there's a lot to choose from of just McCoy Spock. Yeah, well, there's there's so many great ones back and forth. I think what really drew me to this one was because there is there's a lot of comedy. There's funny like funniness that's going through, but there's also this like moment where Spock has been chosen to go on this mission that McCoy wanted to go on. The two of them are like heading off together, and like and McCoy's like like kind of like bidding him adieu, and then. Spock effectively says, "Like, okay, well, use give me one of your human part is like you know parlance. Wish me luck." And McCoy refuses to say it. Spock leaves, and then McCoy mutters it under his breath after he leaves. And then afterwards, when it looks like Spock's gonna die, is like he makes sure to put the there's like the jab in there. Like, like Doctor, you should have wished me luck. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, which is just such like, a mean thing to what say. What a thing to do when like you might die, and yeah. you're just like it's like it's basically like saying to someone who like you put don't forget you put me here. Like, don't, don't forget you were mean to me just before yeah, I went before out. I you're went gonna out have here. to live with that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's that's such a great moment, and that's the thing about Spock is like as as logical as he is. He does not give up an opportunity, and in this episode you see it, to give get shots at McCoy. Yeah. Like he doesn't give up that opportunity, even though that's probably pretty illogical to yes. like worry and to, to bicker back and forth. But he just he won't. He can't he can't give up an opportunity to get McCoy with something. Yeah, I feel like he does of all the characters, is like McCoy is the only one that can kind of get under his skin a little bit, and he doesn't show it. But yeah, the fact that he can come back with these like really intense barbs indicates that it's like, oh yeah, he's there was no logical reason to do that. He wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I that's that's I yeah I completely I completely agree. He just wanted to throw that in there. It's so good. Um, I do remember this episode. It was definitely one that I that I watched a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a really good pick. This is I, this this was a tough category just because of the volume. Yep. Like there's so much fun stuff to do and like I have to say for my pick, I cheated a tiny tiny bit. Mm, okay. And I had to because there's one episode I couldn't get out of my head. Yep. Um so for my best of McCoy being cranky, um I chose I'm going to give season num uh, seasons numbers first because sometimes Tyler you seem to be able to guess them. Um, okay. So it's season one, episode twenty-eight. Uh, is that City, City on the Edge of Forever? Oh, okay. Yep. Um, I felt we had to talk about this episode. <laughs> um, I felt that of all the McCoy cranky moments, um, this one is forced crankiness because he basically the 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 ship is is under some duress, um, and McCoy is uh, on the bridge helping out someone he's, he's given like a uh, i think he's giving like a hypo to to sulu i think and the ship shakes and he accidentally 
gets himself yeah. with this hypo of cortisine or something that like makes him basically it's such a huge dose that McCoy becomes paranoid, mad right away, um, and storms off the bridge, gets to the transporter room, beams himself down to this planet that they're around. Yeah. Um, McCoy disappears through what they find is this time gate that this is a famous episode mm-hmm. that, that even non Star Trek fans might, might recognize this kind of like not really circle gate thing that's there. And uh, he do McCoy jumps back through time and does something that just basically destroys the future of humanity. There is no Federation uh, the Kirk and Spock and the weight team that went down, they try to call up the ship and the ship's gone. And this portal that can talk explains to them uh, nice that he's able to give uh, lots of, lots of exposition. Uh, he gives <laughs> them basically like, yeah, he, he went back and did something. And um, Kirk and Spock have to go back in time and, and find out what Bones did. Yeah. And what I really love about this episode is, is the obvious Star Trek moral quandary and decision that needs to be made by Kirk mm-hmm. who he gets you know Kirk and Spock go back in time they end up um people think they're homeless which I mean they technically are but you know they they basically they have no money and they're they just show up yeah they're just like who are these people they're stealing clothes and so they end up at this like you know kind of like shelter um that this uh, young woman runs um and it turns out the event that McCoy uh, did that stop the creation of the Federation was she is supposed to die mm-hmm. and McCoy saves her. Yep. And it is like a, Kirk starts to get close to her. They start to talk. Like what's interesting about her is she's kind of like, she's kind of the Gene Roddenberry insert mm-hmm. almost where she, even though this is in, what is this? The, this is in the great depression. I, I think is yeah. when the episode yeah. kind of where they go back in time, she is talking all about the future and getting a lot of things right. Like humanity can can go beyond the the need of money, and we can travel the stars, and the sky is like a, you know in space is where the future is, and exploration can unite us, and all these like things that end up in the Star Trek universe to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so interesting that the decision of the episode to have Kirk get to know her, um, they become close, and then realize that he has to let not only let her die which is hard enough. He has yep. to stop his friend from saving her too. Yeah. And I think that that, that moment of, of McCoy, he's, he's angry, he's yelling, he's paranoid. He, when he arrives, he can't understand why Kirk stopped him. Yep. And of course you wouldn't understand. No. Like even if you explained it to someone, they, they wouldn't understand, you know, like it's, it's so in the moment, it's hard to think of the bigger picture when it comes to one person and this, this, and, and you can see, you can see the issues in Kirk. You can see how the, the pain of having to stop McCoy. And I thought that I, the reason why I just couldn't get over this episode was McCoy, who's already a little unhinged and emotional gets his emotions put up to like 25. Yeah. Like he's paranoid. He runs and yells. And even though he's gone for a big chunk of this episode, he is the pivotal point. Mm-hmm. He sets everything in motion. And that moment where he comes through on the street, Caesar about to get hit by a car, he runs out and Kirk grabs him. Yep. Still to this day, gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Like gave me goosebumps then, gives me goosebumps now. I'm and him right like, now. Yeah. Like it, it's such a cool, great moment. And if you didn't have McCoy be paranoid and emotional, even as a character, if you didn't have him with that emotion, mm-hmm. this wouldn't work. 
yeah. don't think this would work with anyone. Like, this isn't going to work with Spock. He's too logical. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, no. it, it works with no one else, I think, but McCoy. Well, I think the reason why this episode didn't come to mind for this is because I think whenever I think about that moment, like, William Shatner, you know, rightly so, I think, gets a lot of flack for his acting in, in this series and beyond. Is like, It definitely can be very... It's very thespian in nature. And yes. When you're, He's a stage when, actor. Exactly. When you're, when you're screaming at the top of your lungs for the person that's, like, for, like, at the top floor, like, two stories back or something like that, when meanwhile yeah. the camera's two inches from your face, it yes. looks weird. <laughs> yeah. But that said, there are moments that he pulls off that I feel like that he doesn't get the credit he deserves. And that moment when he realizes what's going to happen, turns and stops McCoy and hears the car behind him and yeah. doesn't turn to look. No. And just like freezes that moment. And he's holding McCoy too. Like he's yeah. frozen and he's like holding on to McCoy. And all you, you hear the car, but all like you hear McCoy saying, why'd you do that, Jim? Yeah. Why'd you stop me? I could have saved her. Yeah. Like and that's, that's all you're hearing. Yeah. And it's just like the, the fact that this like Kirk, who is known for being so animated, so over the top, so crazy, is like that just the quiet and the yeah. stillness that he has in that moment. Like that's what I think about whenever I think of this episode. I think of that look on his face and his yeah. like and inability to kind of move in that moment. Um it's one of those funny things that it's like, Oh yeah, you know, Kirk goes back in time, he is like and then there's this woman who's involved, they get close. It's like, of course they do. But this is one <laughs> of, of the, do, yes. <laughs> this is one of the only ones where I kind of feel off. yeah. Like, I feel like there was a reason for you two to have a connection other than either Shatner's ego or the ratings. There was yeah. a, a plot reason to do that yeah. here, and it works really well. And I, I think, the re like, I had thought of other episodes that were much more like yours, where it was mm -hmm. just more, like, interactions, and there's so many, and it, it's so good. Like, the, I think McCoy-Spock is the best combo yeah. of, of any Star Trek with anything. I think that they, they're, everything they do is great together. Yeah. Um, I just, every time I picked an episode, I kept thinking of the emotional connection and why McCoy being a physician, being basically hopped up on a drug that makes him go real crazy, be paranoid and angry, yep. still in that moment speaks from his heart. And of course, car coming, you see someone, you jump in front and grab the person, right? Yep. Of course, that's the thought process. Mm -hmm. it, I just don't think it work, would work with any other character. And yeah. that's what it came down to, to choosing these categories is I wanted to pick episodes that were like, okay, the best of McCoy being cranky. It's the best because without McCoy being cranky, this episode doesn't happen in the same way. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why I picked it. But I agree with you. Like William Shatner's great in, in this episode. That moment, everything's perfect about it. The way yep. you just described it is perfect. The, the McCoy side of it's perfect. It all works. Even like Spock's role in this episode is so good. Yeah. Like the way they use him and his like him, the entire episode, he's trying to use old technology to figure out what happened, mm -hmm. try to get his hands on like futuristic newspapers and like what happened using his technology, trying to do this. And like his kind of like not really detached nature, like I think he realizes how important um, this person's becoming to Kirk, but just realizing it's like this is what happened. She was supposed to die and McCoy saves her. Yeah. You know, and that that kind of moment, I, I don't I think it's such a it's a powerful episode and, and I wanted to talk about it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so it's it at the top of a lot of people's lists, rightly yeah. so. And um, it, we had talked about how Star Trek is usually about finding that that third option, right? That option that like kind of if there's like the morally 
as like terrible one is like versus the morally right one that's not going to work star trek is about finding that synthesis and producing like the secret option c that gets you out the other end and it's it makes it all the more potent when you have those few episodes where there was no secret option c it just they just had to to go with the uh with the sad ending yeah and i think time travel is always going to play a special part for me with star trek like i think the time travel episodes are often some of the best yeah. in all the series. And it's always fun to show that comparison, mm -hmm. to throw your future Star Trek characters back in time to moments where they can comment on society yep. and how far we came and show you how silly it is that certain things happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that this episode also does a very good job of that. Like it's, it's, it's a great, the depression it's a good time to kind of throw the characters. Then there's some fun moments, like the moment with the police officer, um, you know, the Vulcan neck pinch comes out in full force. Yep. Um, they're steel clothes. They run around. They're having to make up what what it is that they're doing here. Um, and of course, Spock hiding his ears. Classic. Classic. With just a hat. The usual. Yeah, the <laughs> no matter what weather, where they are in the world, just put a toque on. Yeah, just put a toque on that, yeah. Know. So yeah, that was uh, that was my episode pick. I thought that uh, that it kind of fit fit with the kind of general idea of McCoy is is crucial mm -hmm. to it, which is kind of where I looked at that category for sure. Um, whose turn is it? Is it <laughs> now I I've lost how we're doing this. I think it's mine now. Yeah, you you pick the next cat. Yeah, you pick the next category, and right. you talk about uh, an episode. I guess I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. We're, we're, we're making it work. <laughs> the <laughs> next category is... <laughs> the next category. The next category is uh, the best of the non-main trio moment. Okay. Um, so, it's like, we have... We've talked a lot so far about Kirk, Spock, McCoy. They are, like, the effectual, like, trifecta of the show. There's a reason why it's those three names that are, like, shown before the it's like the the show begins like they're in the mm -hmm. opening credits uh I, f I think deforest kelly wasn't added until season two. season two yeah, yeah he's not in season one it's just yeah. leonard and william shatner but um so those are the kind of like the three main characters and more so than any other star trek series the original series is very much it's not an ensemble piece it is these three people and then like the adventures but there are still characters that the fans grew to love over time and so you just couldn't really have a Star Trek episode is like without at least a few of them showing up. And so this would be like Scotty, Uhura, Sulu, Chekhov. I think those is like, you can also say Nurse Chapel, Chapel. or Yeoman Rand would yeah. be the other ones yeah. that, um, so this category, we're going to be picking the best episode that features a member of the main supporting cast. Um, and so I was like, am, yeah, I'm going first with this one, right? You're going to go. Yeah, you're going to go first. Yeah. Look at me go. Um, so <laughs> I am going to take the easy way out. Um, and I'm going to go with season two, episode 15, otherwise known as The Trouble with Triples. Ah, that was my episode. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't have a backup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, let's wait, do it. Let's you, talk Trouble with Triples. You, you know what? Let's, it's like, why don't you talk about it to start with them? Because I do have a backup. So oh, then, you have a backup? Yeah, I have a backup. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'll talk about Trouble with Triples. Yeah. I'll yeah, jump on in here. Yeah. And talk about Trouble with Triples. And of course, contribute as much as you want. But like, for sure. This was my episode, and yeah. I, I also felt like this is taking the easy way. Out. I know, right? It's like it's obvious. This is <laughs> <Because> the one. <laughs> this is the one. This the trouble with triples is a fantastic episode for not only uh, one of of the 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 characters. You get little moments with all of them. 
Yeah. Um, they, they all have, have nice moments and some, some, uh, world building as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode kind of has everything in it. So, um, trouble with tribbles, uh, you know, one, one of the things about this episode is, um, I really love seeing Captain Kirk interact as well with the station like officials you can tell he doesn't have time for this like he no. just doesn't want to deal with their shipping and receiving and storage of goods <laughs> there's the best interested. part of the whole episode is literally when he's talking to them over the intercom and spock is there and they say something and kirk's about to say something and you can see spock just kind of like shake his head like no <laughs> don't do it and then kirk has to pull back and be like fine <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and i you know this is this is an episode that again another famous episode gets a nice callback in deep space nine mm-hmm. um tribbles have become a thing i guess i don't know um trouble with tribbles uh basically the the enterprise goes to the canine space station um or k9 or k12 is it 12 is it nine there's a nine and a twelve. K divisible a, by by three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's some of the one of the yeah one of the K stations, and it's there's this really I guess important space grain yeah. that 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 is so important that they got it. They got to take time out of um, exploring the galaxy to go check this out. And what ends up happening in this episode, you get the Klingons mm-hmm. who show up, and you get the introduction of what a triple. And a triple yep. for those non-Star Trek fans, it's basically a little puff that is born pregnant that coos, yep. and people would love it. That's oh yeah, thing, right. Like you know, if triples existed in our society, people they'd be all over the place. Definitely, it's like the best parts of a guinea pig and a rabbit like thrown together without exactly. <laughs> and if you if literally loves everyone and yep. just purrs and coos in your lap, but they are essentially born pregnant. If they eat more than a morsel, they just multiply. Yeah. Um, so within seconds, Tribbles are all over the Enterprise, all over the space station. They're all over the place. Um, and I think the person, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the person that, Tyler, you would highlight in would be Scotty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Scotty has fantastic character moments in this. I mean, you basically have to, to drag him out of the engine room to yep. go on vacation. The Enterprise yep. has stopped here. Kirk has decided to give shore leave to several members of the Enterprise crew. Now, I do believe this is before the Klingons show up. He's basically mm-hmm. like, go have shore leave, and the Klingons show up and trouble begins. Um, but Scotty is basically has to be pulled away from, from the engine room. Uh, you get really this nice character growth of he loves his work so much that he doesn't know how to relax. Yep. Um, so finally getting him on board the space station, he, he relaxes with Chekhov uh, and some random person who looks like Captain Kirk um and uh and check what i love this like this is what i love between him and Chekhov. they're like arguing about drinks like which yep. country on earth had like the strongest drinks and like and Chekhov i believe that scotch is built was made by a little old lady in leningrad like Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.